You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And David, I have to I have to get this out of the way first. Bitcoin over the weekend went below yeah. 18,000. I know mm. over the weekend there's not the same sort of volume, but nonetheless, let the record show mm. that it went below 18,000. And at some stage, I think it was in November or something, it was close to 68,000. Now, I read an article in the Guardian newspaper from the United Kingdom over the weekend by some learned scholar of uh, financial markets and he said it attracts fraud it attracts scams Mm. it attracts money laundering and it preys on the vulnerable and 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 the greedy and the more i think about it as an unregulated so-called asset class it's an Mm. absolute disgrace the way that uh, Mm. so much money has has been lost and i'm sure Mm. there's some stories i mean you hear about the crypto fund that has mm. has lost 97% of its money and and so it goes on but the individual that got sucked into this because they've been conned by people or rather seduced by people what do you think about this i find no, it a I, disgrace I, yeah no i agree with you and and you know i also criticize uh, a lot of the media mm. uh, when i say the media you know so many of the channels saw a story and felt that they had to push it and also, to a large extent, promoted it without ever really, when I say being balanced, you know, you could sense that this was going to attract eyeballs. And I think that's what they want. They want eyeballs. And it became a, a very seductive product where people believed that they could r- rise above the great unrich. You know, it's in other words, they could they could fulfill their fantasies in a very easy way. And we've seen it so many times before. How many of the large institutions opened up desks? You know, Goldman Sachs. They, Goldman they Sachs. We spoke about knew, that before. Yeah. Why? Uh, just so, to just to keep well, up with the trend. For, for commission to get com- to keep up with the trend and get commission. And they don't backpedal now and don't apologise. And I don't know they'll probably protect their ground and so on. But. One could see that this was an unregulated market. You know, it was a it was a very difficult market, number one, to regulate. And right from the beginning, uh, my best defense when people used to say to me, you know, would you go? I said, when a market is regulated, I consider it. The one thing about dealing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, and it's a small exchange by global terms, in global terms, but if I buy something, I know that that deal is guaranteed. Yes. In other words, they guarantee delivery, and if I sell something, you know, I'm guaranteed uh, payment. And I think it's so important to have those kind of, um, you know, uh, those kind of regulations and that kind of market. And we've seen many cases in South Africa of these unregulated markets going, going down and that. And that's my biggest fear. And maybe it comes because I'm old and been here a long time, but. Uh, you, you want to know that when you sell something, you will get paid, or when you buy something, you will get delivery. Yeah. And there's nothing, I, I, you know, I didn't understand as much, as hard as I did, and uh, to try and read what it all meant. You know, it just didn't make sense to me. There's so many structures and the way that these were created. And, and then even now, the different lending schemes and the, and the different markets in them, you know, it's just, for me, it's just, too complex and a little too complicated for me to get my head around. So I just, I, I'm with you in that. The, the people who have lost money are going to be very silent. You know, you won't hear. 
you want, people will not admit that they've lost money or they were involved in any kind of way. They'll just fizzle out and fade, you know. And uh, I, I, it's it's just sad, you know. It's because it was an accident about to happen. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And to me, the defining moment was when, I mean, people like Elon Musk going into it and buying X billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. There's two other things that have happened, David. I was speaking to a financial person who uh, has recently been to Plettenberg Bay uh, with her husband. And she said she went to a restaurant, a well-known restaurant in Plett. And they came to her and they said, how would you like to pay? Would you like to take money from your Ethereum or your Bitcoin wallet and no. or, or do you want to pay with Visa or something? And, and, and she said to me, I was horrified. And she, she genuinely no. was that a place, you know, in, on the borders of no. the Eastern Cape of the Republic of South Africa was taking crypto from her no. wallet in order well, to pay for a plate of fish cool. and chips or mm. something. I mean, pathetic. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, they're trying to be cool, mm. you know, and I don't think that's fintech. That's a very complicated fintech. And they may be trying to promote it, but, but they're about, you know, you, you know the volatility. You know that if you do get deposits, can you imagine those those establishments that uh, received crypto and were holding crypto? You know, whatever margins they made have now been just uh, neutralized. <laughs> That's uh, nuked. So I, I, I just I, I don't I don't get pleasure in in seeing money lost in that. But no. but I think this was an area of the market that became um, a little too um, fashionable. And and once again, it's the innocent people or the unknowledgeable. I call them, you know, not – they're just unknowledgeable that get suckered in because, um, you know, because everybody around them is talking about it and they also want to grow rich. And anyway, it's, it's, it's hard enough dealing in equity markets. It's hard enough dealing in bond markets or property markets and that. And, uh, you know, to take this on as well. But it's, uh, it's reflective of 2022. You know, if we think about, uh, you know, what, what happened in lockdown and all the different areas that, uh, what do you call it, the Reddits and the Game Stops and everything. Yeah. You, know, you know there's going to be tragedy. You know what I mean? You just know. It's not a, it's a matter of, not, not a matter of if, it was just a matter of when. Quite and, right. and all those people are silent. You know, they're silent. So I don't. You, you'll never know what was lost and and how much uh, you know was just given up. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, and also just yeah. a final yeah. note yeah. on that: when El Salvador decided that they would be yeah. the, the, the Bitcoin <laughs> the centre of the world by building Bitcoin City with with mm. money that they haven't got because it's one of the world's poorest countries. I just thought, you know, that's the end of it. That was when it was probably about 50,000 per coin. And now, look, I mean, it's a complete and utter total disaster. Wasting mm. wasting the, the population's money, wasting their tax revenues on something called Bitcoin City. And it's it's it's, it's been an unmitigated mm. disaster, or will be. Now, let's talk about South African matters now. Omnia came out with results today, mm. and I'd like mm. to read a, a couple of um, oh. sentences for you. It says, fertilizer manufacturer Omnia Holdings says African governments are increasing support for smallholder farmers amid fears that input costs oh. driven higher after Russia's invasion of Ukraine 
could cut crop production and worsen food insecurity. Omnia supplies fertilizer to both commercial and smallholder smallholder farmers in several sub-Saharan African countries, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Mozambique, Kenya, and and Tanzania. This could play into their hands, David. What did you think Mm, of those numbers? Very good. In fact, that's where most of the money was made. Look, they were a good company, and hopefully they are a good company now. They went through a little bit of a speed wobble, but they seem to have recapitalized themselves with a big with a big issue. They've reduced it, and they're getting back to what they know. And uh, they were in good parts of the market, which was on the explosive side, the chemical, and the chemical side, and chemical with a lean into agriculture. So technically, they're a very good business. Um, they should be a good business. Remember, yeah. these are the this is a picks and shovels company, you know, meaning that. Uh, when you go to blow up some ground or blow a hole in the earth, you know, to mine something, you use them. So, uh, and the more holes you blow, the more you use them. So, so it's, it's explosives uh, and fertilizers. And chemicals. Yeah, and chemicals. Mm, and then, but chemicals also for the mining industry and for yeah. industry as well. So, that, it's, it's let, you know, let's watch it, see if they can add on to where they are at the moment and just consolidate uh, what they lost. But, I mean, it's it, it's... It reads well, you know. It's uh, it's it, and and I, I like these kind of businesses because they produce something and uh, they're not service type businesses. Um, you know, you know what I mean. They don't. They haven't got salesmen to go knock on the door and start selling you policies that you don't need. You know that kind of stuff. You mean financial services I, companies? <laughs> financial services. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're a useless bunch. I'm saying we. Well, all of us. You, you, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, present you know, company but, accepted, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they they make things, and uh, I like businesses like that. Good. I'm glad you do. What about the, the mm. business which is a small to me, probably medium size now, small to medium size in the in JSE terms anyway? Storage came out with yeah. with numbers. Yeah. This is Very a nice good. business. It's expanded yeah. into yeah. the United Kingdom, yeah. and I, I do believe that um, it's, it's done very well in a quiet sort of way. Yeah. Well, it's in the right. It's it's storage, as you say. There's nothing complicated about it, so you don't have to continually recarpet your your the offices and uh, continually fix the air conditioning and make sure that the, the the geezers work. You just you just give people a little bit of a an office and they store things. You know this is warehousing and storing. So I'm I'm being a little in, I mean uh, over uh, over oversimplifying, yeah. but uh, a very good business and uh, um, at, at at the forefront of what's of where the growth is in in property, a lot of businesses going that way. You know, they're going away in in, in various other forms, um, warehousing those kind of in fact small factories and so on, moving away from where there are excesses, which is in the office space. You know, and and even if you see even if you see the the shift in um, in retail, it's much more to smaller malls. So these are much more practical type businesses, but storage has done very well. Yeah. Okay, good. So two potentially good news mm, South African mm. stories from the JSE uh, today. Uh, we've spoken about Bitcoin, overseas markets. Is, the, is America closed today? I think America's is. closed for Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Which is the, yeah, what is that? The ending of slavery. The ending of slavery. Okay. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's yeah. I suppose it's just another holiday on the calendar. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's replaced anything. I'm not sure because uh, I think a couple of weeks ago we had 
some I don't know Memorial Day what, or what something. Memorial Day, Memorial Day. That's mm, the job. Mm, mm. So that was about two weeks ago. So states is getting like South Africa. Now every second week you got a holiday. The one thing they clever is that they make it on a Monday. Yeah. And you know, in South Africa you make it on Thursday and people take four days off. Yeah. So Friday nothing happened here. <laughs> So Other than you, uh, we fell in a heap. <laughs> I've always said I'd like to be a public holidays consultant for the South African <laughs> government because it's easy. Every single public <laughs> holiday should be on a Monday and it should yeah. be staggered. You don't have to have the date. I mean, as long as yeah. you recognise the historical yeah. significance of why you're having the holiday, mm. fine, recognise that. But don't have it on the actual day because it's, mm. it's, it's counterproductive. It doesn't boost yeah. the economy. People, yeah. as you quite rightly say, you have a public holiday on a Wednesday, people take time off. Yeah. <laughs> it disrupts your week. <laughs> totally. Uh, what do you what, what do you make of um, the U.S. markets at the moment, David? And uh, in, indeed, uh, the overall uh, the overall markets, European, Asian, whatever it is, it, it, they've come down quite hard. They're oversold, yeah. but uh, on the other hand, there's still I don't know. There's still this air of gloom over them to yeah. me. Still, no doubt about it, and that's keeping the market from going forward. There's still a lot of a lot of issues around uh, around the market. People are feeling uh, incredibly nervous. They don't know how to uh, analyze or read the Fed. And the Fed doesn't know what it's doing either. So I think, uh, or central banks, you know, have call it pivot. I mean, that's another word that we, we're learning. Um, they, they've gone very aggressive, and it's likely that they will maintain that aggression. So it's playing on people's nerves. You know, what I, what, what I mean by that, and I've got a dilemma now. I'm preparing something for Thursday, and it's, it's, um, I'm trying to get my thoughts clear. But I've been doing quite a bit of reading on businesses. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I went through an interview with L'Oreal, and I was, I was really taken aback, not, not in, in a positive way by what this company is doing in hair products and skincare, how they use technology, and uh, also how they how they um, explain that nothing's changed, that there is still a very strong market for beauty products, yes. people are spending, and so on. I don't, I don't want to go into it too much detail. You'll get the drift to get the picture. Yeah. In other words, there is no spending. They're going to have a good year. So, so the dilemma is, uh, and the other favorite company of mine that I was reading about was, was another luxury goods company called, um, you know, Ferrari, where they've already sold out 2023. And uh, not only that, they're now positioning themselves for electric vehicles in 2026. Did you see the number of, uh, of new yeah. models that they're rolling out? Something like a dozen new models, in, including yeah. the the EV, the electric uh, vehicle. Mm. Mm. And they'll make it sound like the old Ferrari because they'll put something yeah. in the exhaust pipe or something. But mm. on the other hand, it's moving forward. I saw an interview with the CEO on, uh, I think it was mm. CNN the other day. Very, very impressive, I have to say. Oh, no. No, no, no. So I'm saying I'm measuring these up. And the question I ask, when do we buy? You know, when do we buy? Because at the moment, the S&P, which is uh, S&P is around about 36, 37. Yeah. But the charters say, no, 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 it's going down to 33, 34, which whatever. You know, and everybody's got their view. So we all stand back. I'm saying, so when do we buy? You know, when do you buy a good company? Uh, does someone have to ring a bell? When it gets 34, do we do we buy then or do we then say, no, 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 it's not going to 33, it's going to go down to 28 
No, so we go. So I'm battling because I'm battling with the the decisions to, okay, when do we buy? You know, when do we start buying? We always say we're in for long term. When I listen to Ferrari, and I'm just using these examples, which I will highlight because there are others that I can add to it. But I mean, when we, for example, Microsoft on the gaming side, I just read an interview uh, there again, how they see gaming, you know, uh, still very strong. Uh, it's it's a, ahead of pre-COVID. Of course, they, they can't replicate what they did during lockdown because everybody was, was stuck at home, but still very, very good numbers coming out of Microsoft, add all their web services and so on. So I'm saying you, I can give a very positive case. So when do I buy? You know, that's, that's my dilemma. Um, I, I think they're good value. I still think they're very strong companies. Do I wait for the multiple to go from 18 to 15 or 16? You know, do I wait? What am I trying to do? Trying to absolutely perfect when, when to buy. So for me, I'm, I'm being devil's advocate now and I'm starting a debate and I'm saying, when do you buy? <laughs> and, and, um, from, from that point of view. Where do you start in this process, David? Do you mm, say to yourself, right. okay, I, I, yep. like, I like the company. I've been in love with it for, for, for a long time. But on the other yep. hand, I, haven't, I, haven't got a, I shouldn't have an emotional ta- attachment to it. Right. You like Ferrari. You like the fact that it's, it's never going to be replaced. But, I mean, you've got Aston Martin mm. and you've got Jaguar and uh, yep. uh, Porsche and all the others. But I still think that Ferrari is the number one luxury car brand. Mm. I mean, they're bringing out an SUV now, which I think is a bit over the top. But um, on the other hand, it might even might even dilute the brand a little bit. Um, but mm. on the other hand, it, it is the premium car brand, isn't it? So you love it. Yeah. But then where do you start? Do you start with That's the valuations and the comparison of their valuation with other luxury brands? What's your process? Well, that's my process is that, that, that's the process. You come down to and this is traditional. This is. This is classic Benjamin Graham. So you come down and you say, okay, what is uh, what price should I buy that? Then you come to uh, more or less a price that you feel happy with. Remember, Lindsay, one of the difficulties is how do you how do you value a brand? You know, is it on uh, Benjamin Graham or the Buffett way of looking at an intrinsic value? It's the future. It's the present value of future flows forever. You know what I mean? But but how do you value a business? How do you value the brand? You know, it's not like Coca, Coca-Cola. If you had two colas next to each other, you know, Coca-Cola and Lindsay Cola, mm. uh, you're going to take Coca-Cola. Well, I don't know about because, that because you, you, uh, mine yeah. tastes better, but yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Because yeah, of the branding, I mean, yeah. Because of the branding. Mm. So I'm saying there's so many other factors that go into Valuing a company, the fact how long they've been there, sustainability of accounts, uh, management, and 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 many many other factors, you know, which I don't think you can really put into, um, you know, put into a, a, a present day model, a present value model. So I'm saying you've got to decide what you think the good value is, what a good value is, and if the share price is trading lower than that, you buy it. What happens now is that. We keep saying, no, this market's going lower. No, this market's going lower, you know, even though the value is there. And I think so we're getting the emotive side, which gets in our way. So I would buy for clients now. I'd be very happy to start buying. Yeah. The problem is that I've got to handle their emotions if things go lower. 
And that's the hard But don't you prompt them in the first place. You phone them up and say, look, I want to buy now. Um, and the reasons are this, this, and this. But you can never pick the bottom, and you can, uh, mm. you, can you can never buy at the bottom, and you can never sell at the top. So please understand, mm. if there's a washout of 10%, so be it. But long term, yeah. five to 10 years hence, you are going to be quids in on this one, as they say in Britain. Uh, I think that's easy in theory. In, <laughs> in, in, in practice, people are very emotional. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They do, they do look at the valuations. They do look at where they are in the market and what lies ahead. And managing that is very, very difficult. What so about I'm going not, in 50% to start with and well, or, or 30% and then easing money, it in yeah. as it comes down, if indeed it yeah. does? If, mm, if it was fresh money, I would do that. Mm. If it's fresh money, I would certainly go maybe 30% now, 40% and wait uh, and, and, and see where things are. Because I think within a few months, we're going to, we're going to hit the bottom. And I'm, when I say a few months, I mean a few months, you know, not a few weeks. Yeah. I think September or something like that. I think that's going to be um, when things hopefully start to turn around. But until then, it could be a tricky ride. And, uh, you know, we could we – could, it's sideways. We could just continue to drift sideways until then. It's it's not easy to read, and that's why clients will look and and and, and assess and that money is money is a very sensitive thing. It's it's you 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 don't know how dear it is to people. You know, uh, there was always a saying. You know, I mean, this might sound sexist and feminist. I mean, sexist and that. Mm. And I hope I don't offend people. But from the very first days that I, I, I that I joined the stock market. One of the senior partners said to me, you know, he says, you can fool around with a man's wife. Don't touch his money. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, if, you, if you understand. Yeah. So, I, you know, I remember that so dearly. I mean, we could change it for the modern, for the modern world. I don't know how to, how to put it. But, I mean, basically they were saying, you know, that's, that, that, that's how dear it is to a person. Yeah. Which is, it should be the opposite, of course. But anyway, we mustn't get into <laughs> into one of those uh, conversations. Okay, David, so you're waiting. So September, maybe end of the summer, uh, mm. Labor Day comes and the Americans come back and the driving season is over and you can sit down and say, mm. okay, this is, uh, uh, this, this is where we start again. I hope so. Because even I'm getting a little yeah. bit bored with uh, the market every time it rallies, getting whacked down again. It's it's becoming yeah. a little bit uh, yeah. not disturbing, Look, but certainly a little worrying and a little tedious as well. Yeah, if it, we can't ignore inflation, and inflation is driven by uh, the supply by by mainly on the fuel side. You know, it's supply side issues. Okay, but yes, the one thing that worries me, and I've taken this up argument, and I'm not. Um, the worry is that if labor starts demanding more money yes. because of those higher supply side issues, that becomes embedded. You can't reverse that. So I think that's the fear. Now, the strange thing is that at the moment, there's no clear evidence that labor is actually pushing up inflation. You know, there's no, it's, it's not. The, there's more fear than actual evidence at the moment. So I think you've got so much to watch. But but uh, the other thing is that I don't think that, that rates are going to rise uh, as much as perhaps the market is, is uh, forecasting. And, and meaning that central banks will 
will, um, what would the word, not try and get to that neutral rate. In other words, there will be still a negative rate, which means inflation will continue for a few years and we'll get slower growth. So I that's, do, that's I, the backdrop. Yeah. I believe, David, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my neck out a little bit now, that either the next CPI figure uh, yeah. or the one after will, will, will be the peak, because I'm looking now at this. Brent crude oil, $112.48, down 0.6% on the day. It was 124 last uh, 10 yeah. days ago. Yeah. Okay, so it's fallen $12 a barrel. Natural gas today down 3% to 6.73. It was 9.50 not that long ago. So it's fallen in a heap. Yeah. Uh, the steel price down nearly 6% today. Yeah. Iron yeah. ore down nearly 5% today. Things yeah. are coming off the boil. It's almost as though people stockpiled yeah. and now they're saying, okay, we don't need to buy, we'll use up our stockpiles. Mm. And mm. Th this is, yeah. I think, a very, very good sign for interest rates. I do believe that yeah. inflation yeah. may well, well, has almost peaked in places like yeah. the United States and, um, and Europe and particularly the UK, where they're saying yeah. it's going to 11%. I can't see that happening. I really mm. can't. Yeah. Mm. I... I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm, we're watching that carefully, but we don't want to stick our necks out yet. But I think the fact that oil has come down, commodity prices coming down, that might be demand destruction. I don't know how to uh, describe it, mm. uh, you know, what, what really governs some of these moves. But if oil could keep coming down and more could be found its way onto the market, more oil, um, then, you know, then there is a hope that interest rates do start, or the volatility in interest rates starts to slow down. In other words, you're not getting these ups and downs and that, and there's a, a more stable pattern, then it will help the equity market. But there's a lot of work to be done. People are damaged, you know, they, they hurt, they're up. But by damaged, I mean they're insecure. And I don't think, I don't feel that kind of uh, urge on behalf of uh, out there, you know, yes, we're looking for the bottom. Yes, we're looking for the bottom. I'm finding that there's a resignation. Oh, boy, this is going to last a lot longer. And uh, we need that resignation to, to change as well. All right. Um, it's complicated. If, I, if it's, it comes across as very convoluted and complex. But, but all, all I'm saying is that the mood is still the mood's still not right to, to start to generate any major turnaround, you know, yet. No, I agree with you entirely. Uh, sports, uh, the cupboard's bare when it comes to sport at the moment. I, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the test match, to the final test match between England and New Zealand on Thursday because the first two have been extraordinary. I mean, these two teams are mm. uh, dropping catches, mm. uh, they're bowling madly. <laughs> they're, they're, people, people, I mean, people like Johnny Bairstow hitting 140 or something in 90 balls <laughs> in a test match, not in a one-day international. <laughs> so that's going to be great fun. But otherwise, David, I'm, I'm really looking forward to early August when it, when the football comes back. Um, yeah, otherwise... It shows you how much we miss it, yeah. I don't know. I haven't, I, I haven't seen any any transfers or any big news. I mean, other than your Man City, Holland uh, transfer. I don't know if there's anything else I think that's Arsenal are trying to, um, trying to buy Gabriel... Um, uh, yeah, Zeus from, from Man City. Oh, yeah. well, he's, yeah, he's, he's toast. Chelsea, he's going to be on the sideline. Yeah, Chelsea are looking to, 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 uh, to, to buy Raheem Sterling. I don't know if Pep Guardiola will let him go. I still think he's brilliant. Um, yeah. But um, otherwise, no, nothing really going on. I think people are on holiday. No, I haven't seen anything. And they should be on holiday as well. They've had a long, long season, these chaps. Yeah. Some of them playing uh, 70 games in one season. That's a lot. It's mad. Yeah. 
It is, it is crazy. I mean, no matter how fit you are, at that kind of pace and at that level, mm. um, it, it, it's very difficult to, not to sustain um, any kind of injury. I was just looking. Billy Wright, uh, Billy Wright's daughter. You might not know who Billy Wright is. I think he was the of course first. Course I do. He, yeah, he got a hundred caps for England. He yeah. was one of these great stalwarts in the in the Finney era, in the Stan Matthews era, and so on. And and when you see you know, what they did and how few games they played and 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 just generally the the le- not the level of fitness you know tra- the, the the level of training it has come so incredibly far from from those days. Uh, still, listen, I suppose in those you know when you watch their games playing with those heavy on those heavy sodden pitches in the UK muddy yeah. with uh, with a ball that was pure leather. <laughs> and a lace-up, you know, when you hit a ball, you, you you got the scars on your nut, you know, the, where the lace was. Yeah. And also <laughs> uh, permanent permanent damage to, you, to your brain. There's so many people that, that, that have died. I mean, Jeff Astle, for example, uh, ex-West uh, oh. Bromwich Albion, and also mm. England uh, for a while, he died because uh, mm. because of dementia, uh, because of, mm. if, I mean, constantly hitting mm. that horrible heavy ball. You probably did as yeah. well, David. I did. I remember that certainly when I was at, uh, you know, the, the the balls we play with now came well, uh, I think into the seventies or even later than that. But I mean, when I was at primary school and even playing when I was at high school, I played for municipal. Uh, we played with these heavy, you know, these heavy leather balls. And I remember trying to. I wasn't a big chap. I wasn't physically big. And I always remember trying to center it. You know. You, you come down the wing and you want to center it just to scoop this ball, which was heavier. It's so difficult. You know, today mm. it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially on a rainy pitch as well, because it just soak, right. soak, soaked up the water and yeah. doubled, doubled the weight of the blasted thing. <laughs> well, we had, we had in the high felt up here, we had these very heavy, not heavy, dry pitches. No one watered it. So you used to get these grass burns, you know. And there, there were never yellow cards or red cards at all. <laughs> so you would always get. I, I, I was very light but fast, and and always the back line. You know, you had the back five, the centre half, uh, and the two backs as well as the left and and, and you know the uh, sorry the you know the the back five were as strong as anything, and they would just take you out if you ran past them. The ball went ahead, but your legs went into the stadium. You know? <laughs> I mean, it still stands. There was no yellow card or anything like that. I imagine you were you quite. Got... I imagine you because you skipped along so much, and these were great big beefy chaps. I, I imagine yeah. you were very irritating as a footballer for them, to no, them it was anyway. Annoying. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It was annoying because as I ran past, they'd stick their foot out and <laughs> kick me. <laughs> All right, David, thank you very much for those reminiscences. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities, and that was Shapiro World. Okay. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.